for their one stint of carrying the lamp. And so, they prepare for the stint of carrying the lamp. Be careful, parents, please supervise children. But you guys are going to take some time just holding that while we're going. Just take some time holding it. Imagine that is your light to share. Please don't touch the glass. It's probably going to get hot. Pass it around. Now, they'll even televise this torch-bearing process. If you can't reach the next aisle as you're passing it, go ahead and pass it along. And as we're passing that, go ahead and find your Bibles in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter three. We're going to be starting with verse ten. Second Timothy chapter three, verse ten. And it says this. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kind of things have happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and the persecutions I have endured. Stop right there. Okay. Does anybody know who this is talking? It's Paul, and who is he talking to? This kind of be obvious. It's Timothy, right? Because we're in Second Timothy. And he's saying, you know all about my teachings. His teachings were whose teachings, though? Jesus. His way of life and everything was about Jesus. The persecutions he faced and everything because of his faith and he's telling Timothy he goes you know who I am who I'm about whose I am really and what I've gone through but then he says this yet the Lord rescued me from all of them in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continuing what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have had the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, 
and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give this charge. We passed around our little lantern, our little light, right? We were torchbearers for a brief moment. Because that's another name for it, right? In fact, in some other countries, they, we call it a flashlight. They call it a torch. As practice for something, the being able to share, to pass it along, because he says this. I give this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. We're getting there, right? Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. We just talked about that, right? How society today is looking for the spirituality but not necessarily looking for God. They believe in a higher power. But they don't know his name. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss, but you, but you, Keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and my time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. Now, that last little part, Paul says it's a journey, right? And he's telling Timothy, you're going to go on that same journey. Keep it up. Be strong. Persevere. And don't let things get you down. And there is in store something for all those who persevere, right? The crown of righteousness. Any journey, really, has multiple steps to it. The torch bearers who are going to carry the Olympic torch, they have a process. They have goals, they have outlines, and they have steps that they have to accomplish. In training, you have a regimen that you do, right? You don't just one day pick up one weight, do an arm curl, and boom, muscles, right? Doesn't work that way. You guys seen that commercial? Where it says if it was if you could do it in a little and to eat healthier, that guy eats like one pea to exercise. The lady just shows up to exercise class and then leaves. You guys seen that commercial lately? We kind of live in a society like that, though, don't we? But Paul's saying, hey, there's steps to this. There's things you need to do. And there's three important steps we're going to look at today. The first critical step in our training, in our preparation, 
is to inform ourselves with the word of God. We see what happened earlier. The word of God is what lights our lamp. And a lamp that doesn't have light is good for what? Decoration? Nothing? Our lamp must be lit. Our torch must have fire. Second, you have to use what you learn. Now, we're in a lit building right now, so we may not really benefit from the light of this lamp. But in the dark, this would be the only light we had. Use our light. And third, don't get distracted about what's behind us or around us. Keep your eyes focused in front of you on the prize. When we are focused on what we are headed for and what we're working towards, when we're devoted to it, we're diligent about it, then we'll get there. That's when we go, well, it's kind of like my exercise plan where I go, well, I was going to work out today, but there is something else I'd rather do or need to do, and I just don't have time. And if we're trying to lose weight or whatever, and that's our plan, or if we have a diet but we never stick to it, nothing changes, right? Because we lose sight of what we're working towards, the importance of it. And so let us remember the race we're running and the prize that we're keeping our eyes on. So, light your torch. Now this little torch we have here, if it goes out, we have a lighter to light it, right? This little candle lighter we got right here. But what do we do? If our light goes out, we're going to play a little game. Are you guys ready? I'm going to start something. You're going to finish it. We're going to see how good, good you guys are at this. You ready? Mary had a little lamb. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. All right. Those are good. Now, for God so loved the world, I praise you because I am anyone? We knew some of those basic things. Even song lyrics can get stuck in our head, right? Have we ever walked around finding that? That was Psalms 139.14, guys. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you go, oh, wait, I knew that, right? I once seen this illustration done at a youth congress. 300 children. 
and this guy gets up and he starts doing this. He starts repeating lines of secular songs. I'm sure our teenagers could give us word for word. Like 10 of them. They could sit there and just sing for hours all the songs without the music. Probably, right? You got kids who do that. But they'd probably be tapped out at about two verses. <laughs> and sadly, that's some of us. We may be able to get a little further. But we'd probably tap out too. Mind you, our music repertoire probably goes back. I mean, dude, sometimes I'm kind of embarrassed by the songs I remember. <laughs> and then I feel really bad whenever I do this skit because I go, dude... I do have a gift of memory, and I can memorize song lyrics. Huh. But it's a matter of being in the word. You see this presentation that was done to the, at this youth congress, where this guy had come out. Let me tell you a little bit about how this guy was dressed. He was all in black. Now, it was not because he thought being all in black made him look sharp on stage. He was representing the devil. He went through about 10, 15 nursery rhymes, songs, sayings, whatever. And then he tried to go through just as many scriptures. I think he got to seven before it was just hip up alone on stage. In a group of 300 people, If we know anything, when we realize this, the importance of us being in the word is that the devil knows the word too. You guys remember the temptation of Jesus, right? If you ever doubt that the devil knows the word, go back and read about the temptation of Jesus. Because what does the devil use to try to tempt him? The word of God, the scriptures. He knows them. And if we aren't in the word enough, David says that he goes, I have hidden your word in my heart, right? That I might what? Not sin against thee. David understood. It's more than just reading it, it's knowing it. Satan can quote the Bible chapter and verse. You know, I'm not saying that we need to go out and memorize the Bible, all 66 books. And honestly, how many of you have a smartphone? Any kind of electronic device, right? How many of you guys have the Bible app on it? I mean, that thing is fifty. If you don't know a verse to get you through what you're going through, they have this lovely little thing that looks like a magnifier. That's called search. You can search for the scripture verse you need. You've been given tools. If you're going through a hard time, hey, Job went through a hard time. You get to the very end, though, and you find out what? He got restored. 
verse that almost everyone knows, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Here's what people don't understand about that verse. If you read that thing in context, if you're in the word and studying it, you'll realize that what he's saying is this bad stuff is going to happen. But I have a plan to make it better. I have a plan for things to get better for you. And so, let us be in the word. The Bible teaches us how we are to live our lives. It gives us guidelines and tells us what should be praised and what should be rebuked. It's the rules and instructions for living. If we are to set a godly example for others to follow, if we are to let our light shine, then we need to know about the godly example we see in Scripture. And then, not only do we need to know about it, but this lamp looks really pretty, even lit. Like this, right? We're going to do a little experiment, all right? We're going to hit the lights, guys. Did it get darker? Now. We passed this torch around once. I want you to take a moment. Pass it around again to fully appreciate... The lamp at work. Take a moment to notice how brighter it gets where you're at, right? When you passed it around the first time when the lights were all still on, we didn't notice it, did we? But this time, when we were using it as intended, to be a light, a lamp into our path, as the scripture says. We can benefit from it. There's an illustration of this guy who says, he goes to his employees and he goes, I'm going out of town. I'll be gone for a while. But I have given you, I have written a list of instructions and stuff for you to do while I am gone. So that when I get back, you're ready. And the business has been running smoothly and everything is as it should be. Right? Now, these employees, they took these letters. And they read them. And they read them some more. And they read them some more. Finally, the boss comes back. Do you think he found the business operating exactly as it should be? Sadly, no. Because of one simple thing. He goes to them and he goes, what? The business was in disrepair. It was like no upkeep had been done. Nothing had been done. And he goes, 
what were you guys doing? I gave you guys instructions. Why didn't you follow them? Whatever happened to those letters? Did you lose them? Where are they? And do you know what they said back? Oh, we've got those letters. We framed some of them. Some of them we put up on the wall. Every third Thursday of the month, we get together and we study the letters. And we review it and we talk about them. And then at lunch every day, we talk about the other letter that you sent us. So yeah, we've been reading them. We read them every day. And he goes, but did you do anything they said? Oh. You were supposed to do something? It's kind of like us with the Bible, though, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much we read it if we don't use it. What good is a tool that sits on a shelf? If you are looking for a hammer, use the hammer on the shelf next to you. But sometimes we're blind to the fact the hammer's right there. Our little exercise with the lamp, right? It was dark. We, it was hard seeing until the lamp came around, right? Until we were using it for what it was intended for. James 1.22 says this. And I don't know how James could say it any plainer. James 1 and 22 simply says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. And then, next sentence, just four little words. Five words. Do what it says. Four words. Do what it says. Do not merely listen to it and think that you're getting what you're supposed to get out of it. Instead, do what it says. How are we going to teach other people about God and about how to live a godly life when we aren't doing it ourselves? That old age adage of do what I say, not as I do, doesn't hold any weight anymore. I mean, when kids were younger, maybe not our kids, but young kids a while ago, uh, that may have worked for some parents, but nowadays kids are just like, Psht! right? They make that noise. I've heard them. We need to be setting the example. We can't just tell them about it. They need to look at us and see it. There's a saying that goes, Preach daily. And if needed, use words. Set the example. 
in your lives. And if needed, share the gospel with your mouth. And finally, not only do we need to light our lamp, not only do we need to use it, but we need to share it. Now, we've played a little earlier about scripture verses almost everyone know, right? And everyone should probably know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's right. That's the reward we're working on. That's what we're looking forward to. But how bad is it to kind of refuse to share the gospel with somebody else because of our timidity? Because we hold our tongues, because we're afraid to speak, or maybe because we don't like them. That does not work out well for Jonah. You know why he got swallowed by a fish? Disobedience. You know why, how he was disobedient? Because God told him, go from here to there to tell those people about me. And he said, well, I don't think they deserve to hear it. That's why he was running. He goes, those are the most ungodly people you will ever find, Lord, and they don't deserve to know about you. Let's be honest. Christians are getting a bad rap because there's a lot of Jonas out there who think that they can decide who gets to hear the word of God. But remember that one word we talked that we just said in that verse scripture verse, the whosoever. Who do you think is whosoever? I mean, the answer is in the word. Who, so, ever, whoever, anyone, right? It is not in our place to decide who should hear the word. And if the Lord places us or gives us a heart for a message to share with others, we should probably listen. We don't want to be Jonah. Running from the Lord. I mean, not only, I mean, his big thing was running. My problem with Jonah is he thought he knew better than God at one point. Those people aren't ever going to believe in you. Was he wrong? Yes. Did those people turn to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Did Jonah know what he was talking about? No. We can think that somebody is so ungodly and so in their life of sin that they're never going to come to the Lord. 
Or even worse, heaven forbid we ever think they don't deserve to come to the Lord. Because if that's the case, let me tell you now, brothers and sisters. If being saved by the Lord was something we deserved, then none of us would be here. Then none of us would be saved. If we had to earn the blood of the Lamb in our lives, we never would. But it's a gift. It's a gift that's given to us, and it's a gift that we're called to share. You want to know how to grow your faith? Try giving it away, sharing it to someone else. You'll find that as you encourage other people and you testify and give your testimony about what the Lord has done for you, that you are blessed in return. There's a saying, it's called, grow your faith by giving it away. You want to strengthen your faith? Help strengthen someone else's faith. First Corinthians 3.8 says this, The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be awarded according to his labor. We may be planting the seed, we may be the ones watering the seed. And even watering, we may never even see it bloom. There may be someone behind us who comes and waters it after us. I mean, you don't plant flowers, seeds in the ground, and then put some water on it and expect it to shoot out of the soil right then and there, do you? Does it work that way? Because if it does, then I've been doing it entirely wrong every time I've tried to garden. Which could be why everything dies. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 3 says, If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. Build it to last. Strengthen yourself and strengthen one another. Because in order to get that reward, that prize that we're keeping our eyes on, We have to follow what the Lord has asked of us. To light a candle, one must have flame. For us as Christians, that flame is what? The Holy Spirit, right? The fire of the Holy Spirit will come to us when we ask. Then taking what we've learned from the Bible, the knowledge of it, and <laughs> having the Holy Spirit help us to understand it, we can put it to use in our lives. Because what good is a torch if you don't use it? If you never light it, if you don't <laughs> let it shine bright to penetrate the darkness, our light grows brighter as we put to use all the knowledge that we've learned from the Bible and that the Holy Spirit has helped us to understand. 
And so we are called to tell people about it. There is a reward that awaits for those who believe, which is a place in heaven. We teach our children a little song. And we're going to sing it as we close in prayer today. We're going to make it a song of prayer, but also a song of conviction, of promise. Simple little song. This little light of mine. We always would teach our children to put their little finger upright for their light. And we would sing the first verse that said, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then we would get creative with it, right? We'd talk about what we weren't going to let the devil do. Won't let the devil it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let the devil it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And then we would kind of talk about where we were going to let it shine, right? Shine all over San Antonio. I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over San Antonio. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And then maybe we'd realize that we were kind of keeping it too small. Right? We go, well, San Antonio's good. But maybe we could do better. And so we go, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine all over Texas, I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over Texas, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then we'd realize, well, Texas is a pretty big state. But maybe we are still limiting ourselves, limiting God too much, right? And so, if you are willing to take that stand, to be committed, to let your light shine, to carry the torch forth, to devote yourself to training that's going to be needed to do it. Then we're going to sing one more time. And if you're willing to make that commitment, I'm going to invite you to stand, get your light out. We're going to sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then when we get to the second part, we're going to let it shine all over the world.
All right, you guys ready? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine all over the world, I'm gonna let it shine. Shine all over the world, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord, and we ask that. That you help our light to shine, that you teach us, prepare us, strengthen us to let our light shine in this world. To let that light burn bright, to pierce the darkness of the world around us. Be with us now this day, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.